Well, as I said before, today is an important day or or something we remember in the life of the church, in the story, in God's story in the Bible, and it is the ascension of Jesus. Um, You may be uh, familiar with the more popular holidays of the church. Uh, There's Christmas, where we celebrate the incarnation of God in Christ. There's uh, Good Friday and Easter, where we, uh, I'm not running through, I'll I'll just stay right there. Um, There's Good Friday and Easter, where we celebrate the crucifixion and resurrection. There's the ascension next week, Pentecost. Uh, I want to remind you just briefly what um, these, yeah, go ahead and put the first three up would be great. Um, These are probably familiar to you. The incarnation uh, at Christmas, scripture says the word became flesh. Uh, Matthew and Luke give the genealogy of Jesus, how he's descended from uh, one from Adam, uh, a little bit later from King David. The whole point to say he is God come to earth. He's God's anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior, born into the world. John uh, says that he is God with, with humanity taken upon him, fully God, fully human. That's the incarnation, and it is so significant. Um, and that's what we remember at Christmas. The crucifixion, it hadn't been but just a few weeks since we were at Easter time. Of course, Jesus dying on the cross him being crucified is where he takes the sin of the world onto himself and accomplishes salvation for us, taking our sin and paying the price, uh, redeeming us, reconciling us to God. We've talked about some of those things in recent weeks. And the crucifixion on Friday is often, always, paired with the resurrection on Sunday that uh, even the forgiveness of sin wasn't the end of the story, but that God raised Jesus to life and us with him. And that's what we've been talking about for the last six weeks or so, is what it means for the resurrection to be uh, applied to our life, that we have a new start and a new life. We are raised with Christ. So our sin dies with Christ on the cross. Our, our lives are made new with the resurrection. But today we're going to talk about this fourth thing, the ascension, and what it means for us. So we're kind of moving past the, the Easter resurrection and these next two weeks are these other two very important events, not just in the calendar, but for our lives as Christians. Ascension and the next week, Pentecost. The Ascension narrative is what I've, I've read to you this morning from Acts 1, and the actual mechanics of it are just right in one verse, and, and I, I can't explain it to you uh, that Jesus disappeared into the clouds, because um, we know if you head that way, it goes a long way. Um, so I don't know how that works. But he disappeared from their view, and he was raised up. Um, What we're told, the two bits of information that are a lot more concrete and explanatory to us come right before and right after that. The first bit are Jesus' final words right before he ascends to heaven. And then right after that happens, two messengers, two angels say a little bit more. So I want to highlight those two things because they they start to give meaning to the ascension. Jesus' final words are in verses 7 and 8. So he's raised, and the disciples have just asked him, well, now is the time. I mean, all along, they've been waiting for Jesus you know, to lead the revolution against Rome, raise Israel to power again. They thought he was going to do it before his crucifixion, then their hopes were dashed. Now he's been raised. He kept telling them all along, it's not what you think. Um, there's a heavenly kingdom. But still here, after Easter, after the resurrection, uh, 40 days later, they asked the same question. Well, finally, now are you going to do it? You've, you've done this the greatest of all miracles, now are you going to bless Israel and establish the kingdom again? And he says to them, no, 
Only the Father knows the time and place um, for what he's doing. But here's what is going to happen. So these are his last words. You are going to receive power, godly power. And we're going to talk about it more next week. But he basically is saying, I'm going to send my spirit of power to fall upon you. And here's why, or for what reason. It's so that you can go be witnesses to the whole world of what you have seen and what you have heard. You're going to go tell my story, tell God's story, the good news story, all over the world. You're going to start nearby in Jerusalem and go to the surrounding areas, Judea and Samaria, and then keep going onto the ends of the earth. So that's Jesus' final word. I'm leaving you, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving you equipped for this mission to go tell the story, to witness. Um, And then after he leaves, these messengers show up and simply say he's going to come back. Just like he left, he's going to come back one day. You put those together, and what we have is, in the meantime, we have a mission. We are part of those followers that have been empowered by God to go tell the story uh, to the whole earth. So what does the ascension itself mean for us? I want to suggest four things. Um, and, And a little bit, if you look later in the service, in the spot where sometimes we do the Apostles' Creed or some sort of confession of our faith, I've pulled a section out of the Heidelberg Catechism, which is basically just a training tool for Christians to learn some of the doctrines of the church. I've pulled the section on the ascension, so we'll have a little question and answer format. Um, But when we get to that, you're going to hear these these three or four things I'm getting ready to talk about for what the ascension means to us. So four, four meanings. The first is that we have a heavenly advocate. Jesus has returned to heaven where he advocates for us. That means he speaks on our behalf. So Romans 8.34 says, Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus uh, is he who died. Yes, who is raised. He is at the right hand of God, and he also intercedes for us. This is one of the reasons why when we pray, as Christians, we end the prayer with, In Jesus' name. Because he is right there with God the Father, interceding, praying, pleading, speaking for us. And when we pray in his name, it's as if he's sitting there with the father saying, um, you've just heard your son Eric praying. He's, he's ours. I purchased him. He is my brother. Listen to his words. I agree with him. I lift his prayer. Jesus inter- even intercedes for us when we don't know what to say or when we don't have words. He prays for each of you before the father. And he presents us um, as the ones for whom he has died. We are then righteous. We are forgiven. We belong to the family. We are adopted in. Jesus is always interceding for us. So we have all the time already this advocate at the right hand of the Father. And that's all with the ascension, right? If Jesus had stayed on the earth, he would still be a Messiah, still be a Savior, still be walking among us, and that would be great. But that's not how it works. He went back to heaven. And one of the things he does is speak on our behalf, advocate for us with the Father. A second thing that he does or accomplishes with the ascension is a heavenly humanity. That is, because of the incarnation, because he put on humanity, he didn't just ditch it when he ascended. Like, well, I was glad that's over, right? I'm just going to leave this humanity in a pile right here. I mean, that could have been a body or something, and you know, his spirit goes back to heaven. No, he bodily ascended. I think that's why they told the story the way they did. 
it all and our humanity with him. And that's now who he is, fully God, fully human. He took it to heaven to anticipate one day we'll be with him. He told his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you will also be us in our humanity, in our bodies, uh, in our, our full, fullness of humanity. Um, and that's what this verse from Romans means. We've been united with him in death, but also in resurrection, so that we, body, soul, spirit, it's all one, we get to be with him again um, one day. So he kept his humanity, as will we. A third meaning of the ascension is that we have, because we're united to him in faith, a heavenly heart. Ephesians says God raised uh, us up with Jesus. Raised, meaning he's ascended. We, I guess at this point in spirit, one day, more literally, we're raised with him, and he has seated us with him in the heavenly places. Right? There's a part of us that's already with Jesus in heaven because we're united to him. I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the old saying, this isn't in the Bible, but it's a saying, uh, you know, that person is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. That's very valid, right? If, if you want to be a believer, go back to the, our mission is to be a witness, to, be, to live out our faith in the world. We have to be of earthly good. Having said that, because Jesus has ascended, we also are to be heavenly minded, right? Not forget the, the mysteries of God and what Jesus is doing for us, not so focused on this world that we forget all that he has accomplished and is still doing uh, even now in heaven. So when you read uh, verses like the great commandment to love not only our neighbor as ourselves, but to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, this is, this is what Jesus does. He connects us to God in heaven so that we can both love God with all we are and all we've got and we can love our neighbor and, and fulfill this mission on earth. Part of the ascension is to, to tie us together, right, with God in heaven while we're still here on earth. And then a fourth meaning of the ascension, yeah, yeah, I just said that, is a heavenly gift where Jesus promises his followers, he's already done that in Acts, but he had done it previously, saying, when I go away, I will send you another to help you, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the comforter, the helper, and as we just read this morning, the one who will empower you for this mission uh, I'm giving to you. The Holy Spirit is, I, I like to refer to as the Holy Spirit glue. It's what unites us to Christ so that even now as he's in heaven, we are with him. Our earthly worship is joined to the heavenly worship. Um, all that Jesus has accomplished is, is attached to us in faith, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit to bind us together. So four things. We have a heavenly advocate, we have heavenly humanity, we have a heavenly heart, we have a heavenly gift. All that is because of the ascension of Jesus Christ. And, and bring it just like with death and resurrection, he brings us with him. And those are the benefits to us. So enough for class. Let me give you a couple of illustrations to help understand what that means. I've used this illustration before. Um, to talk about a number of things. It's a picture of someone in distress in the water, right? Drowning. Their life is at risk. And what does God do, right? The, the incarnation is God physically uh, became, came down to be with us, one with us, so that he could speak and touch and approach and, and rescue and save. So at literally, I guess this is coming down from a helicopter, right? Jesus came from heaven to earth and make a great song. 
Yeah. Um, came from heaven to earth to rescue us, right? And then the crucifixion is, is when he physically, spiritually rescued and saved us, snatched us up out of the water, delivered us from the consequence of sin that is death. Right? That's the crucifixion. Jesus was raised. That's right. He didn't just scoop us up out of the water to drop us back in. Right? Took us to safety, right? To the boat or to the shore. What is the ascension then? Well, it's, it's the next thing. It's, um, can, can, I, can I take you home? Do, do you, you're out here, you know, just about drowned. You're on the shore. Where can I take you? And the, the ascension is, not only can I deliver you back to your house, but if, this is where it kind of breaks down, but I'll, I'll bring you home. I'll feed you, give you rest, nurture you. You will be safe, right? Not only has Jesus come to us, snatched us up, delivered us to a new life, to dry ground, but has also invited us home with him in heaven. Let me give a, an alternate illustration since that one starts to fall apart at some point. Uh, children playing. I recognize not all children have a safe home or a warm home or a loving home. Um, but you, you can imagine that that is a reality for some, a desirable reality the ascension is at once turning us loose into the world for this mission, right? It's like when my children were little, going out to play with the other kids on the street. But at no point were they stranded. They always knew I have a home to come back to, where mom and dad are going to feed me, I have a bed to sleep in, I will be safe. It's that anchor point. And the ascension is at once these two things of, of releasing us out into the world, not to play per se, but to engage in this mission, be witnesses, to tell the world about God's love. All the time knowing that we're not alone, we're not forsaken, we're not cut loose into the world, but that we are tethered to this heavenly home with God, where we are provided for. It's the shepherd, right? We're, we're, we're fed, we have rest we have safety and security. We have a home. And that the ascension is at heart this message of you have a home with God that Jesus has secured for you. And it's, a, it's a, an anchor and a point of encouragement while we're living this life. It's also the knowledge that when this life is over, we have a permanent and eternal home with God. That's the peace that the ascension brings into this whole story of what God has done uh, in love. I hope that's helpful. That is good news. It's, it's not the whole good news, but it's, it's a very significant part. And it, it can shape how we live in this world and the way we tell the story. And uh, when we face challenge and struggle, uh, I, I, for me, it is a foundation of encouragement and peace, knowing that Christ has done this on my behalf and on your behalf. Amen. <laughs>